From Upstate Medical University in Syracuse, New York, I'm Amber Smith. This is HealthLink on Air. As we prepare for the start of the school year, the Central New York community is seeing increases in the number of people testing positive for COVID-19 with the more contagious Delta variant. Here with me to talk about how to keep our children safe is Dr. Yana Shaw. She's a professor of pediatrics at Upstate who specializes in infectious disease and public health. Thank you for making time for HealthLink on Air, Dr. Shaw. Thank you for having me, Amber. Do we have a feel yet for how dangerous the Delta variant is for children? Yes, uh, we are learning a lot about Delta as it has been surging through our community and through the United States. Um, we know the virus is much more uh, contagious compared to uh, those original variants. And we know that a lot more children are getting infected. In fact, uh, we are seeing three times more of new child COVID cases this time of the year compared to the same period last year. Uh, we have also seen a steady increase of the, of the virus, um, even in our community since the beginning of July. Um, so as there's more virus circulating in the population, we are clearly seeing also more children getting infected. Um, and that is especially important because children uh, cannot be uh, safely vaccinated if they are under, under 12 years of age. As you and I are speaking, there is not yet a vaccine approved for use in kids under 12. How soon do you expect that to change? I'm hoping we will have some additional information and hopefully EUA uh, later this year. FDA announced that they expect the younger children to be eligible for vaccination sometimes midwinter. And Pfizer said in a statement that they anticipate the results on its clinical trials in kids um, ages 5 to 11, sometimes in September, which would then allow them to apply for emergency use authorization. As far as children um, five years and um, younger uh, are concerned, um, the, the clinical trials will likely take a lot longer and we will likely not have um, vaccines for those children by the end of this year. So uh, not, not tomorrow, hopefully soon. In the meantime, how can parents protect adolescents who are not vaccinated? Parents still have a lot of options and uh, have tools in their toolbox to protect their children um, if they cannot be vaccinated. Uh, similar to what we advocated um, in the past and since the beginning of the pandemic, um, the same tools apply today. Um, if your child can be vaccinated, you get them vaccinated. Uh, however, if you, they can't, continue to use the same safe precautions uh, we advocated before. Masking, hand washing, physically distancing, avoiding crowded spaces, avoid indoor spaces, especially if it means you'll be in a space with people who are not vaccinated or may come from areas of high transmission. And, um, um, you know, don't, um, don't attend gatherings where sick people might be, uh, might be visiting. Can vaccinated parents pass this Delta variant to their own unvaccinated children? Yes, they can. Uh, Delta is very contagious and uh, everyone who does not have pre-existing immunity is susceptible to Delta. Unfortunately, even people who are vaccinated, they can still get infected um, and the infection can be passed on on um, others um, around them. 
the difference we are seeing now between the vaccinated and unvaccinated people is that if you are vaccinated, you're much less likely uh, to develop a moderate or severe disease and um, end up in the hospital. So the measures you described about hand sanitizing and um, distancing and masking, is that what everyone needs to be doing, whether they're vaccinated or not, in order to keep kids who are unvaccinated safe? Absolutely. You know, regardless of vaccination status, we need to continue um, with those safe measures um, because they will protect not only you, but they will protect those around you. Um, because vaccination itself doesn't render a protection against infection, it reduces the risk, but you can still get infected. It's really important that we continue to um, adhere to those uh, precautions uh, to protect those around us. I know a lot of families um, were happy that uh, kids were able to mingle with grandparents, you know, earlier in the in the spring. But right now, with the Delta variant surging in our community, should unvaccinated kids stay away from grandparents or older people that, you know, even if those people are vaccinated, should the unvaccinated children stay away from them? So if you have unvaccinated children who are well and your elderly parents um, are vaccinated, um, you should be able to safely uh, go and visit with them. If your child is sick, please don't go and visit. But as long as your children are well and the grandparents are vaccinated um, and they don't have any other underlying condition that would predispose them to vaccine failures, such as people who have immunocompromising conditions, conditions that you know, weaken their immune system, then those children should be able to safely visit with the grandparents. How should our community be protecting babies and toddlers in daycare? We should follow the same preventive measures we did last year. Daycares um, have done an excellent job uh, during the last year uh, wave of COVID uh, because they were very strict in adhering to those preventive measures and um, they did so safely. You know, we had a couple of issues here and there with daycare centers and with, with outbreaks, uh, but they were somewhat limited. So making sure you don't send your, your baby to daycare when your child is sick you know, adhering to hand washing and sanitizing surfaces, uh, screening for symptoms, ensuring that the staff in daycare center is fully vaccinated. You as a parent are fully vaccinated. All those people who can be safely vaccinated should do their part to protect those little ones um, that cannot be vaccinated yet. This is Upstate's HealthLink on Air. I'm your host, Amber Smith, talking with Upstate Pediatric Infectious Disease Specialist, Dr. Yana Shaw. Now, you were part of a group of Upstate pediatricians and infectious disease experts that wrote a letter calling on school districts to require face masks, just like the CDC recommends. Why does that group feel so strongly enough to put out a public letter? You know, Amber, we as public health um, experts and for me personally as a pediatrician, 
I'm a child advocate, you know, I am a mother as well. And um, I live to protect children and minimize risks to them. So I felt really strongly that in order for me to protect the children at schools, protect them from infection and exposure to COVID, it's really important that we speak up and make those around us aware that masking is really, really a key uh, to ensure that children can go back to school and stay at school safely. Um, you know, at schools, when children got exposed uh, to COVID, they had to quarantine for 10 uh, days last year. They lost a lot of time at school. Those kids who got infected again had to isolate for 10 days. So exposure or infection with uh, SARS-CoV-2 leads to missed school. So we want to make sure that's minimized um, this year and um, in spite of um, people, you know, uh, getting vaccinated and we certainly are in a better better position when it comes to vaccination coverage now but still uh, there are a lot of children especially in the lower grades that cannot be safely vaccinated and um, it's really important that everybody everybody masks up in addition with delta as as we just talked you know delta can cause infection among vaccinated and those vaccinated can transmit the infection to those around them so masking is key uh, to prevent spread of infection and school setting now college campuses saw multiple outbreaks of covid last year what do you think it's going to be like on college campuses this year so I'm not sure yet. You know, a lot of colleges now require vaccination, um, which in my opinion is um, is way to go because that will ensure as high as vaccination coverage as possible. So those who will be in college, even if they get infected, they will not get very sick. Um, and also, you know, those vaccinated uh, will um, be less likely to get infected as well. So. Um, part of me hopes that the high coverage at colleges will protect those schools and students in them, uh, but it's really hard to tell um, until we know what's going to happen with Delta and possibly with additional variants um, emerging as we go through fall and winter. How important is it going to be for kids and for their parents to stay home if they're feeling sick? It's really, really important that you don't send your children back to school if they are ill. And uh, similar to you, if you are ill, don't go, um, you know, to public places um, unless absolutely necessary. And um, you avoid crowds and, um, you know, um, make sure that people don't report to work when they are sick. Um, um, it's really important because, um, as you know, it's when we are symptomatic, when we have symptoms, when we are very contagious to those around them. Um, uh, with um, COVID, um, people can be contagious even when they don't have symptoms, but their uh, ability to transmit the virus increases at times when you are when you have symptoms. So please stay home uh, when you are ill, um, not only to protect yourself um, and getting better and help yourself getting better, but also not expose those around you. Will you please go over the symptoms that are most concerning? What are the symptoms that we need to be uh, aware of and, you know, think about maybe, maybe we have COVID, maybe we need to stay in. 
Yeah, so the symptoms of COVID-19 are very similar to other viral infections, um, such as flu, for example, or cold. So early in the pandemic, uh, you may remember the hallmark sign of infection was uh, loss of taste or loss of smell, uh, cough, you know, shortness of breath or feeling tired. Uh, one um, important question now with Delta is whether uh, it makes you sicker than the original virus um, and uh, whether Delta uh, gives you different uh, type of symptoms. Um, in terms of um, the symptoms uh, differences, we really don't know whether different variants cause uh, different uh, symptoms in people. It doesn't appear so. Um, one survey from uh, United Kingdom suggested that people who have Delta are less likely to have less of um, uh, taste or smell and are more likely to show cough and runny nose and those sort of cold symptoms. Uh, but these are sort of just isolated studies um, that um, do not provide any, any definite information for us. So just to summarize, um, um, if you have cold symptoms, runny nose, cough, congestion, feeling tired, you have fever, headache, and sometimes even GI symptoms such as belly ache, nausea, diarrhea, those all can be signs of COVID-19. And you should call your provider and seek advice. So if a child wakes up with sniffles, they don't have a fever or anything else, but they've got sniffles, is it safe to send them to school? So that's a tough one, right? Because it's really difficult to say whether this is just um, nothing or could this be COVID. It's quite possible that uh, children with sniffles may have to get tested, um, especially if they are unvaccinated. Um, uh, but I would recommend that um, parents call their childhood provider uh, and discuss it with them because the provider knows the child best. Um, there are also children who have allergies and sniffles can be a symptom of allergies. So it's probably best that the parent seeks um, the child's healthcare provider advice how to proceed further and whether testing and staying home is necessary. Now, once a vaccine is available for kids 12 and younger, um, can you address any concerns about the side effects? Are they likely to be similar to the side effects seen in adults who got vaccinated? So the answer is, um, Amber, that I don't know, and we don't know yet either. The trials are ongoing. The trials are carefully designed to ensure that we capture common uh, side effects following vaccination. It is likely that they will be very, very similar. And what the trials do for the younger children is that they actually look at different doses of the vaccines to ensure that we pick a dose um, that has least side effects yet provides most protection. So I think we'll just have to wait and see uh, for those trials to be completed and for the manufacturers to publish peer-reviewed data so we can see for ourselves how the side effects differ or are similar uh, to those that we've seen in adults. And do we know yet, will the vaccines that are going to be coming out for children, will they go down to infants or what age would be the youngest, do you think? I believe the youngest would be six months of age. Well, this has been very interesting and informative. Thank you so much to Dr. Yana Shaw. She's a professor of pediatrics at Upstate who specializes in infectious disease and public health. 
I'm Amber Smith for Upstate's podcast and radio talk show, HealthLink on Air.